Good morning. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a second? Um, I think there's a, a good crowd in here this morning, so um, maybe there's some new people here. Why don't we take a second? Just stand up and say hey to somebody around you. High five somebody, you know, uh, whatever. But just let's take a second. Stretch our legs out a little bit. Get ready to hear God's Word. Good deal. Well, I'm glad you're here. Um, we are finishing up, as John mentioned, this series called It Is Finished. Um, the series now is finished. Um, and so it's been pretty cool. I've enjoyed this series. I think it's been really good to take a little bit of a deeper dive into what's happened at the cross for us to be able to um, come into relationship with Jesus, uh, to come into relationship with God, to be made right with God again. And so um, we're going to wrap that up. We've been looking at different aspects of this. The first week, we looked at just what did Jesus mean by it is finished? It, what was he saying? What, what did he mean by that? And basically, it meant that everything that was needed for us to be reconciled to God, um, our sin being taken care of, our sin being done away with, our sin being removed from us, had been accomplished. And so in his final breath, in final words, he says, it is finished. It's been accomplished. Everything that needed to be done to, to cause people, to cause mankind to be reconciled back to God had happened. Then we began to look at this theological word called propitiation, which basically means that God's wrath towards evil, towards sin, was appeased. And that was appeased through Christ, that Jesus on the cross took our sin and also took God's wrath for that sin. Next, we looked at this concept of redemption. And we looked at it from the standpoint of a marketplace where the word for redemption was used of someone going and purchasing a slave for the intention of setting them free. And we looked at how we had been in bondage to sin. And because we were in bondage to sin, we were held uh, hostage to sin, held death, the grave. We were spiritually dead. And yet, Jesus comes and pays a price. He pays a ransom price to redeem us, to buy us out of this slavery to sin, to death, to an eternity separated from God and to set us free so that we're now free to become the people that God wanted us to be and free to do the things that God created us to do originally. And then last week, John looked at justification. And if you think about that word justification, think about it as this, it's just as if I never sinned. It's greater than a pardon. It's greater than God looking at it and going, because Jesus died on the cross, we'll just say that you're forgiven. It literally means that now because Jesus took your sin, he lifted your sin off of you and put it upon himself, took the punishment for that sin, that it is as if you have never sinned. And that's a crazy thought, right? That you look at it and go, but I have, I know I have. Yes, you have, and in your state, you have sinned and you are a sinner. In my state, in my flesh, in my existence, I am a sinner. But in my status, in Christ, I am a saint. That's hard to believe, right? I mean, it kind of is. It's like, I, I know I'm not a saint. 
But because of Christ, because of faith in Jesus, because that sin's been lifted off, because he paid the price, not just for the sin you've committed or committing or will commit, but he's paid the price for all of it. Now we have been made just as if we've never sinned. We've been justified. And we've been looking at Romans chapter 3 and chapter 5. And, and all of that leads us up really to where we're at today. This word reconciliation. We're looking at propitiation. The image in the Bible is kind of a pagan temple of people coming to try to, to appease a God, to earn favor. We looked at redemption. Again, it was the marketplace. We look at justification. It's the law court where we're declared innocent. We look at reconciliation. It's the family. That's the image that the Bible uses. It's the image of a family. Words like adoption. Words like access to God. Those are the kind of words that are used when we talk about reconciliation. And I believe that God today wants to do something in his family. And I'm going to go a little bit different direction than where I was headed um, at 855. There's a scripture that's just been on my heart. It's actually not going to be on the screen. I didn't give it to Chase this morning. Sorry, Chase, because I really didn't know if I was going to read it. But as we're worshiping, this is the passage that God put on my heart. And I feel like God wants to do something here this morning, but I feel like there's some things we need to take care of before God does those things. I think there's some things we need to do to get our own hearts right. I know for me, to get my heart right, to receive what God wants to give. See, everything's been done. It is finished. Now it's about receiving what God offers and proclaiming this message to others. And so I want you, if you have your Bible, turn to Psalm 130. Psalm 130. If you have a Bible app, go, you can go there. Book of Psalms is a big book. Just take a stab at it. There's a good chance you open your Bible, it's there, right? You got a, got a really good chance. If you start hitting the prophets, you got to back up. But Psalm 130, how many of you guys, you have a really hard time saying I'm sorry? Anybody else have a hard time saying I'm sorry? Am I the, am I, I'm the only one that's that dysfunctional, right? That you have a hard time saying I'm sorry. And then you know this as well as I do, sometimes when you say it, you kind of don't mean it, Right? You're kind of like, I'm sorry, right? It's not like, hey, I am really, really sorry, right? It's, it's more like, I know I got to say this because it's the right thing to do, and if I'm ever going to get back to sleep in the bed again and not on the couch, I got to say I'm sorry, um, so oh, I'm sorry, you know? And, and it's hard. It's hard to initiate that apology. It's hard to initiate that reconciliation. Here's what's incredible about God. God he, he didn't just look at it and, and say, tell me you're sorry. God initiated the process of us being forgiven. He takes us to a whole nother level, right? Where it's not just where he expects us just to say, I'm sorry. God initiated the process of us being able to come back to him through Jesus. And when we look at this in Psalm 130, where I want to tie that in is sometimes I don't feel like we understand the depth of what God's done for us. 
It's hard for us to, right? It's hard for us to understand and comprehend the kind of love that God has for us. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around it. But if we really understood it, if we really saw where we would be without Jesus, or if we're not a believer where we are without Christ, I think our cry would be something like what we see in verse 1 of Psalm chapter 130, where it says, Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. He's like, Lord, I'm in, a, I'm in a bad place. It's kind of like Isaiah, when the prophet Isaiah has this vision of heaven and he sees the temple of God and he sees the glory of God and he says, God, I'm a man of unclean lips. And he looks and he says, Lord, I am ruined. It literally means, in Hebrew, it means I am being pulled apart by your holiness. I'm being pulled apart by your holiness. And in this psalm, we see that the psalmist is saying, I'm crying out from the depths. I realize the depths of my own sin. I realize the depths of my own depravity. I realize the depths of my situation. God, would you hear me? Would you let your ears be attentive? Is it not amazing that the God of the universe will turn his ear to the heart and voice of human beings? Especially human beings who have sinned against him, who have rebelled against him. And we see this cry, let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. And this is the first thing I really want us to get to today. It says in verse three, if you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? Have you thought about that? If God kept this record of sins, if our sin were not wiped out, through the work of Jesus, who could stand before him? Who could stand before him? I don't care how big and bad a boy you think you are. If you stand before a holy God in your sin, you're gonna end up a pile of ash. Who could stand before him? And and in this cry and, and in this declaration, oh Lord, If you didn't forgive sins, Lord, who could stand before you? There's this essence of this fear of God. There's this this feeling. Did the lights just get dim or am I going out? (laughs) I'm I'm serious. Like, I don't know. A little dizziness. I might, if I go, just, you know, just just bring the band back out. But, (laughs) But there's this essence of this realization of the fear of God. And I think in the church today, one of the things we have lost is a healthy fear of God. It's a healthy reverence of who he is. It's a healthy understanding that I can't stand before him on my own. And because of that lack of recognition of the fear of God and understanding of God, I think we take our life very flippantly I think we go about living our life very flippantly. We don't take it very seriously when the Bible says that we were purchased with a price. They're like, you are not your own. That is what the Bible says. I am not my own. I have been purchased with a price. There was a very great price paid so that I could be redeemed, so that I could be reconciled. 
The wrath of God fell on Jesus. The redemptive price was paid through Christ so that I could be reconciled and so that I could come into his presence. But it's so easy for us to become flippant about the fact that I was bought at a price. There was a great price paid for me so that now I don't belong to myself, but I belong to another. I belong to Christ. And now, compelled by his love, my life should be lived the way that he calls me to live, to be motivated. This is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.14, to be compelled by the love of Jesus. But have we become so flippant about our sin, about our waywardness, about our life, about how we live it? Have we just lost all reverence and all of God? So we just kind of ignore it and go about our business the way we want to. Do we take for granted the sacrifice and the purchase price that was paid for us? Because the first thing I think we need to do this morning, this is what God put on my heart as I'm standing here worshiping this morning. The first thing I feel like we need to do is repent. The thing I had to do as we worshiped is repent. Because I realize in my own life, I don't always live. In fact, I don't live enough as though I have been purchased by Jesus. I don't feel like in my own life that I'm really giving God everything that I have. I don't feel like I'm taking advantage of my adoption into sonship. That I have access to go before the Father I don't think I truly appreciate what it means that if he didn't forgive my sin, I can never stand before him. My future would be bleak. And every single person in here, there's things in our lives that if we really are gonna open our heart to God and say, God, I wanna receive more of you. God, I wanna walk in this relationship with you. God, I really want to know you more. God, I wanna be filled with your Holy Spirit. Then every single person in here, there are things in our life that we need to come to terms with and we need to come into this place of reverence and awe of a holy God. And we need to have this moment where we cry out from the depths and we like Isaiah say, I'm I'm a man, I am a woman of unclean lips. I still have dark places in my heart. I still have places in my life that are dominated by my flesh. There are things, God, that I need to yield to you. I need you to deal with these things, God. And because of that, Father, today I'm surrendering these things to you. And God, I know you've made me a new creation. It's what he says again in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I know you've made me a new creation, but help me walk in that, Lord. Today, God, I see you, I understand you. I have this reverential fear of you, God. I recognize your holiness. I recognize that I am not. I recognize that you have paid a great price for me. And today, God, I'm surrendering everything I have to you. And so that's what we're gonna do first. We're gonna repent. And here's the thing. I, there's nobody playing a keyboard. There's, there's, there's no song being played, right? That's kind of the church thing, right? And we do that. It's just something about music. It, it sets an atmosphere. But here's what I've been praying for since this was on my heart. And I've, I've really been praying this way all week. Lord, let the atmosphere be, be 
saturated with your presence. I wrote on my whiteboard in my office, I wrote, Lord, fill this space, meaning this space and that space for the kids, the space when our students gather. Lord, fill this space, but not with people, with your presence. And my prayer is today that there would be a conviction in our heart that comes only from the Holy Spirit that we realize that there is a reconciliation that takes place through Christ and that we and everything that needs to be done for that has been accomplished. My hope and prayer today is that we would realize what it took for that to happen as we come to the end of this series and that today we would offer our lives freshly to the Lord, anew to the Lord. Repenting of our sin. Realizing the areas that I've rebelled against God. And being willing to confess those sins. The Bible says if we're willing to confess our sins before God and one another, He is faithful and just that He forgives those sins. It's right here, right now. This is what I want us to do. I just want you to close your eyes. I just want to... Just, just let's go before the Lord. Father, today we come to you. And I know, Lord, there is sin in our heart and there is imperfection in our heart. And I thank you, God, that we don't have to stand before you. But out of reverence for you and who you are and what you've done, God, today, today, Lord, would you move in us? Would you cleanse us? Would you make us vessels of honor? Would you clean out those dark parts of our hearts? Would you lead us to a place of true repentance? Not to just say we're sorry with no intent of turning, but God, a turning from sin and a turning to you, Lord. I know that we live in a culture that just normalizes sin. But God, don't let it be normal in our lives. And let us be different. Let us be other. Let us be set apart. Let us be holy. I want to take a minute and just let the Lord speak to your hearts. If the Lord is putting something on your heart, I'm going to encourage you. I know this is, this is so awkward for so many. I encourage you to get out of your seat and come to this, this altar, this place where we can surrender these things. Before God moves and we receive, we need to get our heart right. Before we go and we live this life that God's called us to, our heart needs to be right. And right now, you know, more than anything else, I need to be there. I need to be at the altar. I need to be repenting. I need to be asking for forgiveness. Holy Spirit, would you move us to move? Would you move us to move closer to you? Your word tells us that now we can draw near to you, Lord. God, we can draw near to you. We have access to you. I thank you for your word in Hebrews, Lord, that tells us that we have this, this great access to you, that we have this now, that it is ours. 
Would you move in our hearts, Lord, today, even creating us to be new people, God, to be new people, Lord, that we can, by a new and living way, come into your presence through what Jesus has done for us, that we've now been reconciled through Christ, that we have a great high priest over your house, Lord. So for that, I pray today that we would draw near to you, Lord, with a sincere heart. Come on, let's draw near to God today with a sincere heart. Let's move and allow God to move in our hearts. God, forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our trespasses. We thank you, Lord, that those have been taken by Christ. But today we turn from those things. Would you move us, God? Um, Would you again sprinkle our hearts, Lord, to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and have our bodies washed with pure water? God, that we would hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, knowing you are faithful. God, and I pray we would continue spurring one another on. Lord, would you move in our hearts even now? Do something we can't do, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and begin to move and, and hover around us, Lord. Take the word, Lord, that, that you've given us out of Psalm 130, that if weren't for your forgiveness, who could stand? Let that be planted into our heart and let us come to you with hearts, Lord, that, that are full of repentance, full of love and full of grace. God, we thank you for that. Father, today, God, I pray we would leave this place differently. Even right now, I I just know this. I know there there are people here, and it's not just men. We always talk about porn addictions and things with men, but there are women, there, there are men here who you're struggling right now with, with, with issues with lust. You're struggling right now with, with issues of pornography. You're struggling right now with issues that cause you to take your eyes off of Christ, sexual issues that, that are causing you to not be able to pursue God the way he desires it. And even for some of you, it's a hindrance to you that you can't pursue him the way he wants you to pursue, that you want to pursue him. It's it's a hindrance, it's a roadblock. Jesus died to pay the price for that sin. God, I thank you that you would set them free from that. I pray, God, you would give us the courage to confess that sin to you today. I pray, Lord, right now for the the person here who, who their issue is anger. It's just anger. There's so much built up in them right now that that it just comes out. There's just a disproportionate uh, reaction to the the things around them that when their buttons get pushed, there's just an an anger that comes that's disproportionate, Lord. Would you do a work in their heart, Lord? Would you work in our hearts to to remove those things, to, to, to stir us towards peace, Here's something that's been on my heart all morning because it's something that I know I deal with. It's been on my heart all morning. For some of you right now, your life is lived on a scale of one to 10. You live at a scale of about 9.5 on an anxiety scale. And right now I pray for the peace of God to overwhelm you. I'm gonna ask that some people would come and pray for those who are here. Um, this this, This is where I feel like we need to be right now. God, I I thank you that for the person who needs your peace, 
who needs your help, Lord, that you would move in them. I pray, Lord, that they would move close to you, that they would draw near to you, that they would hold unswervingly to the faith that you have given them because they know that you, oh God, are faithful. Right now, I pray, Lord, for the person who, they can relate to Isaiah when he says, woe to me for I'm a man of unclean lips. God, it's just perverse language, perverse talk that's coming out of our mouths. And, and you tell us that fresh and salt water can't come from the same spring. Lord, would you cleanse hearts? Would you make hearts right? God, I pray. I pray, Lord, you would continue to stir people to take a step of faith, to come for prayer. Your Bible, the, the word, Lord, you tell us that if we confess our sins before you, before one another, you're faithful to heal us, not just to cleanse, but to heal. Would you do that, God, in people's hearts as they move, as they take a step of faith towards you? God, I pray that you would just continue to work, Lord. God, I pray that every dark corner, every nook, every cranny of our heart, that your light would fill it. I pray, Lord, that every thought, that every concern, that every anxiety would be cast at your feet. Father, would you work in that way? I pray right now, God, as we talk about this reconciliation, that your propitiation, that, that you're, you're, you're taking our wrath upon yourself, that you paying the price for our sin, that you bringing us to a place where it's just as if we haven't sinned. I want you to listen to this, church. Right now, I pray for the marriage that needs to be reconciled. I pray for the marriage that is struggling right now. God, would you do something to work in that marriage? I pray right now, God, that, that there would be something broken, that the wall between those two would fall down, between this husband and this wife, that that wall would fall down, that there would begin to be a glimmer of hope, that, that maybe even right now, that the husband would take the wife's hand and squeeze it, and that that would just mean, God, today, God, today, I'm not giving up. God, I thank you for that. Would you, would you just move in their hearts to reconcile and restore? I pray for relationships between parents and children right now that are, that are disrupted, that are broken. God, I pray right now that those relationships would be restored. Would you reconcile those relationships? Would you give us courage, Father, to take the step forward just as you took the initiative in our lives to reconcile us to yourself. Would you, Lord, give us the courage and the ability through the power of your spirit to take that step, to initiate that reconciliation. Come on, I feel like people still need to come for prayer. This is not something we come and do just to come hear a good message, just to come, this is real life stuff. And we have a God who has overcome every power and principality of hell. And there's power in prayer and there's power in confession. And some of us still need to move and come be prayed for by people up here because there's power in prayer. There's power to break strongholds. There's power to break off chains and shackles that have kept us from living in the freedom that Jesus tells us we can have. For some of us in here right now, you need to, your, your whole mindset has been shaped by the deception of the enemy, not God's word. And you look at the things of the world and they look so good, but it's like Eve, it looked pleasing as food, but it wasn't nourishing, it brought death. It looked desirable. But what's desirable, Lord, looks desirable, it's not always beneficial. And for some of us right now, we're on the edge. It's like in my mind, like it's, I just see people right on the edge of this fall, right on the edge of this fall. 
And I feel like today the Lord would implore you, the Lord would beg you, just as Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that the Lord would implore you. The Lord's heart is for you to turn. The Lord's heart is for you to turn, to turn and walk away. To not go down the slippery slope that is ahead of you, but to turn, to make a decision today to turn to repent, to have a change of mind, to be like that prodigal son who one day is in a pig sty and he's wanting to eat the pig food because he's in such a place of desperation. And the Bible says he came to his senses. My prayer right now is for many in here, many in here to come to your senses and realize that God's way is the way of life, to put down things that right now are causing you to live in darkness to walk away from things that right now are hindering you from the abundant life that Jesus said he came to give us. You've gotta understand that the thief comes only to kill and to steal and to destroy, but Jesus came that we might have life and have it to the full. Father, would you fill us with a wonder, with an awe of who you are, would you fill us, God, with the power of your spirit? Would you saturate this place with your presence? Would you saturate this place with your presence? Would you saturate this place with the presence of your spirit, the very presence of God. I want to give one more opportunity and that is this that right now there's just a longing in you a desire a need for more of God in your life really just a desire to be filled or filled again with the power of your whole of the Holy Spirit and right now you say I just need more of God I want more of God I'm hungry for God I need God in my life I need him right now I want to ask you, would you get out of your seat and let someone pray for you? Just this desire, a longing. God, I want more of your presence. I want more of your spirit. I need more of you, Lord. Your word tells us if we seek you, we'll find you. Your word tells us that if we ask and seek and knock, the, the door will be open. Your word tells us if we ask for more of your spirit, that you will give more of him to us. And I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for these words that Paul wrote. That if anyone is in Christ, he, has an, he is a new creation. The new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. It says all this is from you, Lord. Thank you that you reconciled us to yourself through Christ. And you gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That you, through Jesus, were reconciling the world to yourself. Not counting our sins 
against us. And Lord, now that you have committed this message of reconciliation to us, Father, my prayer is that we would take it and we would run with it. Church, listen, one part of the armor of God is that our feet are fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. This message of reconciliation, of being made right with God through Jesus, it doesn't stop with becoming a new creation. It continues. And one way it continues is it continues with us carrying it into the world to share it. God, thank you that you would trust us and trust us with such a great message. Lord, that we are now your ambassadors, that you are making your appeal through us, that your heart is that as we declare this message, many would be reconciled to God, to you. God, I thank you as we sum up this whole entire series. Listen, church, verse 21, that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That in him we might become the righteousness of God. He who had no sin became sin. This is the crux of this entire series, that Jesus took our place. Jesus took our place. This is the, 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 the climactic point of the entire series. It sums it all up. Jesus took our place. I want to end with this. Paul goes on in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. He says, as God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. Listen to this. I tell you now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Maybe at some point through this series or some point through this message, through this time of worship, you realize that you don't have a relationship with Christ. But just like it was in Paul's day, now's the time of God's favor. He's given us his favor in Jesus. Today, now is the day of salvation. And today, you know, I don't have this relationship, but the Lord has started in your heart that you need this. That it is time to surrender your life to Christ, to follow him as Savior and Lord to accept the gift that he has freely given us in himself, the redemption of sin from sin, the, the, the justification. Today you'd say, today I need the Lord for the first time in my life. Just I want you to stick your hand in the air and say, today for me is the day of salvation. Now is the time of favor. Now is the time and day of salvation. Amen.
can we get with y'all and pray? Pray with you. That's awesome. Um, Les, you want to go with them and Tiffany? Who else today? Today's the day of salvation. It's so awesome, 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 awesome. We need to celebrate that a little better, I think. That was awesome. Thank God for that. Listen, as we leave, I don't know if somebody else is coming out or not. I, don't, I always forget. Know how incredibly loved you are. Know how incredibly holy God is. Know the incredible price that was paid for your redemption. And let's live out of that. Preach the gospel to yourself daily to be reminded of the goodness of God. Let's don't let that be a song that we sing every now and then, but let that be the cry of our heart because we see the gospel over and over again in our daily lives. We preach it to ourselves and we spur one another on towards love and good works as we encourage each other with the gospel. The Bible says that Paul, Paul says this, he says, I no longer see people from a worldly point of view. In other words, he said, I don't see them the way I used to because when they're in Christ, they're a new creation. Preach the gospel to yourself. See people through the lens of the gospel. Let's become the community of people that God desires for us to be. And watch lives change around you one at a time. Be courageous. Take courage in the courage of Christ. Take courage through the power of the Holy Spirit that's in you. And we will be the church that Jesus said the gates of Hades cannot overcome, 100% guaranteed. Amen. All right. Hey, God bless you guys. Looks like it's me today. Y'all have a good rest of the week. Be blessed.